All right, good evening, everyone. Hopefully, everyone is having a blessed evening as we are. We like to say praise the Lord, praise the Lord, and praise the Lord again. Thank the Lord for another day in the land of living and another chance to get our acts together. And I'm just so excited. I'm super excited to be spreading the true word of God. It just does not get spread the way that it should. And a lot of his people are oblivious to what he's trying to get us to see. And it's just um, so sad. And I remember, I could guarantee that you can go through all of our videos or all, or all of our podcasts and listen to them. And I can almost guarantee that you've never heard of some of the things that we discuss on here, or at least not from the angle that we uh, that we go. I remember somebody commenting on one of our videos and said, hmm, this is a, a good topic. I've never heard it being taught from this perspective before. And it was dealing with the story of the men trying to stone the woman for being caught in the act of adultery. And if you want to go watch that video, it's called Condemnation, Judgment, and Repentance. You definitely, I definitely encourage you to go and check that out. We talk about a lot of things. So if you've been with us, welcome back. And if you are new here or just maybe catching us on the podcast for the first time, welcome to Joy in the Midst of the Storm, where we have weekly Bible studies, live stream and podcast uploads, where they're just audio versions of our live streams that we do every Thursday night at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. Welcome, and we definitely appreciate you guys for tuning in. We definitely appreciate it. And another topic that we talked about was um, once saved, always saved. And that was... Um, based on some a question that somebody asked. Well, somebody asked a question about, they messaged us and said, I've always heard that once you obtain salvation, do you keep it or can you lose it? And a lot of people are under the wrong impression with the answer to that one. We talked about that as well. Again, that video is called Once Saved, Always Saved. Each week we have a different topic, but it can also be based on the question that you answer. If you want a whole video dedicated to it, we're more than happy to do that. Or if you just want it in the message, we're more than happy to do that. So never hesitate to ask questions because if you have a question, I can guarantee that somebody else has the exact same question. So if you have questions, definitely ask. And even if you disagree with something we say, we're more than happy to take a look at the scripture and see what it actually says. So. As you can see from the title, we'll be talking about the Spirit of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord. We definitely need it. And in one place it says, only the pure at heart shall see God. And when we get the Spirit of the Lord, that's what puts us on the path to obtaining a pure heart. As David asked, had prayed in the book of Psalms, Lord, created me a clean heart. That's what we all need, and that's what we should all be praying for. But I'm going to start rambling on so we can go ahead and get into the message. So without any further ado, I'm going to pass it over to Minister Banks. And we, and we can go ahead and get started. Thank you, Melvin. Uh, before we go too far, we always like to start by saying a prayer. So if you are at a moment, um, we definitely encourage you to bow your heads and pray with us. Heavenly Father, thank you for another opportunity to study your word, to grow closer to you. Lord, we thank you for how all the many blessings that you bestowed upon us, how you washed over us over the dangerous highways, how you've taken us back and forth to our jobs, to our uh, places of residence. Lord, for all the many things that you do for us, Lord, how you provide us with food, how you provide us with shelter, how you provide us with clothing, Lord, all the things that sometimes we may take for granted. So, Lord, we just say thank you. Thank you for water, Lord. Thank you for everything. And we could never say thank you enough. 
And Lord, we know that so many of us are going through different struggles, different trials, different tribulations. Lord, we're praying that you would show yourself that we know you're going to show up, but we would we pray that we would get in the right mindset, the right mind frame to have our eyes focused upon you so that we can see you in the midst of our situations. Lord, we know that you can be doing things and we won't even notice if we're looking in the wrong direction. So, Lord, we're praying that you will continue to remind us and we would continue to stay with the mindset that there is joy in the midst of every storm. Lord, we pray these many blessings in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, as Melvin already introduced uh, the title, we're talking about the Spirit of the Lord. Uh, and I wanted to go back to 1 Samuel. Um, I was doing some reading here, and I wanted to look at something that Samuel told Saul. So, we'll go ahead and read 1 Samuel um, chapter 10 and verse 6, and then we'll go back up to verse 1. All right. And the Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee, and thou shalt prophesy with them. And shall be turned into another man. Now, Samuel is the prophet. And he's telling Saul, who is going to become the first king of Israel. So, what has happened? And we'll go back up to verse 1 so we can get a little bit of a better understanding. Uh, but we won't be able to go back and uh, read all of the things. But Samuel is the prophet here during this time. And now there has been no kings in Israel because God, he already had it in motion. The plan was so that Jesus would be the king of the Jews. He was born king of the Jews because he always was the king of the Jews. And so there has been no kings in Israel to this point. But what has happened is all of the people of Israel, they have begun to look around at other nations and other nations had kings. It told us that in, I think, uh, chapter nine, but we won't go back to it. Uh, but other nations have had kings. And so Israel, they wanted the same thing. And that's one of the things that get us in trouble. And I won't try not to get sidetracked too much, but one of the things that gets us into so much trouble is that we look at what everybody else has, yes. other people. And so Israel, God had already told them not to get caught up with these other nations, with these other people. But being who we are, we start looking. We have eyes to see and we start looking. So they began to look at these other nations and how they were run. And so they wanted a king. And they told Samuel, and Samuel, he was very displeased by it. But he went and prayed to the Lord, and God said, look, they're not going against you. They're going against me. And so he granted them this wish. He told them they can have a king. He's going to mistreat them, though. He's going to do so many things wrong against them, but they can have a king, though. And so they got what they wanted, and so Saul is going to become the first king of Israel. So we'll go back to uh, verse 1 um, to see the conversation that takes place with Samuel and Saul. Then Samuel took a vial of oil and poured it upon his head and kissed him and said, 
Is it not because the Lord hath anointed thee to be captain over this his inheritance? Now, we have not went back, um, and we, to save some time, we won't go back to see just how Saul ended up coming into contact with Samuel. But what has happened was uh, his cattle had gotten away. And so Saul's father sent him and his servant, sent him and another person with him, to look for his cattle. They couldn't find it anywhere. And so before they turned around and went back home, Samuel, excuse me, Saul's servant told him, look, there's a man of God in town and everything he said, it, it comes to pass. Whatever he said, it happens. And so this is around the time that God had told Samuel who he was going to choose. And so God worked out a way to bring them into contact with each other, as he does all the time. He allows certain things to go wrong just to get us into contact with the right people. He does it all the time. So uh, read verse 1 for us again, Melvin, if you will. Then Samuel took a vial of oil and poured it upon his head and kissed him and said, Is it not because the Lord hath anointed thee to be captain over his inheritance? Samuel took some oil and anointed Saul. Now, the oil here represents the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. That's all it represents, the oil. Uh, David said in the book of Psalms, you anointed my head with oil. Talking about the Spirit of God. So, uh, let's drop down. Let's keep going uh, down to verse 2. When thou art departed from me today, then thou shalt, then thou shalt find two men by Rachel's sepulchre. And the border of Benjamin, Azelza, and they will say unto thee, The asses which thou went to seek are found. And lo, thy father hath left the care of the asses, and sorrow of you, saying, What shall I do for my son? The cattle that they were looking for, he said, is going to be found. And actually, your father is beginning to wonder what happened to you. He's no longer thinking about that cattle anymore. He's thinking about his son, where his son is. All right. Then shalt thou go on forward from thence, and thou shalt come to the plain of Tabor, and there shall meet there, and there shall meet thee three men going up to God to Beth Bethel, one carrying three kids, and another carrying three loaves of bread, and another carrying a bottle of wine. Mm -hmm. And they will salute thee, and give thee two loaves of bread, which thou shalt receive of their hands. They'll give you some food, all right. After that, thou shalt come to the hill of God, where is the garrison of the Philistines, and it shall come to pass, when thou art come thither to the city, thou shalt meet that thou shalt meet a company of prophets coming down from the high place with a psaltery, and a tabret, and a pipe, and a harp before them, and they shall prophesy. You're going to come to some people, and they're going to be praising God, all right? And the Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee, and thou shalt prophesy with them, and shalt be turned into another man. And the Spirit of the Lord. Now, this is what the Spirit of the Lord does. The Spirit of the Lord, he, Samuel told Saul, the future king of Israel, the first king of Israel. Um, he tells Saul, the Spirit of the Lord is going to come upon you, and you will be turned into another man. This is what we need today. Our problem is that we need to be turned into someone else. But as Melvin mentioned the scripture earlier, 
uh, where David said, create in me a clean heart. That's all Saul is telling, excuse me, Samuel is telling Saul is going to happen. God is going to create in you a new spirit. He's going to renew a new spirit in you and create a right heart. He's going to do these things for you. So he tells them, God's spirit is going to come upon you and it's going to change you. All right. And let it be when these signs are coming to thee that thou do as occasion serve thee, for God is with thee. Drop down to verse 9. And it was so that when he had turned his back to go from Samuel, God gave him another heart, and all those signs came to pass that day. God gave him another heart. God gave Saul another heart once he put his spirit upon him. So this is why it's so important. For us to receive God's spirit so that we can have the the heart that God wants us to have. Uh, in one place, Paul tells us um, to let this mind be in us that was also in Christ Jesus. But the only way for that mind to be in us is for us to have that same spirit. We have to have the spirit of the Lord. So God, he knew in order for Saul to rule over his people, he was going to have to be in the right mind in the with the right heart. So that's the reason God placed his spirit upon him. So even to this very day, we may not all be kings. None of us may be king of the entire world. We, none of us may be the president. We may not be in these positions, but God still requires us to have his spirit so that we can have the right heart. Because it doesn't matter what position you hold, you will find yourself in situations where if you have the wrong heart, you're going to mistreat somebody. I know, I know we have all been mistreated at some point or another because somebody was not under the influence of a clean heart. Somebody was not under the influence of the spirit of the Lord. So we find ourselves mistreated. I was actually talking to somebody today and we were just talking about people taking ownership to mistakes. And a lot of times when someone makes a mistake, a lot of times they like to keep that hidden. And one of the reasons is because when people find out, they change how they feel about you. People will talk about you. People will down you because of mistakes that you made. Um, it really doesn't matter what kind of mistake it is. But once you make a mistake and people find out, they don't let that go. They talk about that mistake <laughs> for the rest of their life if they, if they can, if they have the opportunity. So... I was trying to tell the person, man, this is one of the reasons why people don't own up to their mistakes, because somebody is going to continue to down them for it. Even when we come into um, Christianity and we let go of some of the old things that we used to do, if we find out a person has slipped into that same old lifestyle, then we start to talk about them instead of trying to help them, we start talking about, man, see, I told you they still messed up out there. Look at them. 
And we find it funny. We just want something to talk about. We're not trying to think about, we're not talking about, ah, man, I wish I could reach out to them or I'm going to try to reach out to them. We're not trying to figure out a way to help them. We're just wanting something to talk about. So we have to have the spirit of the Lord and allow it to change us into someone else, to the to someone who we were not originally, because we've all been there. We're born into sin. We've all been someone that's talked about somebody. We've all been someone that's made bad decisions. But God wants to change us from that into someone else. And so that's what he did with Saul here. He created in him a new heart. He renewed in him a right spirit. So let's uh, go ahead and read down. And when they came thither to the hill, behold, a company of prophets met him, and the Spirit of God came upon him, and he prophesied among them. Mm -hmm. And it came to pass when all that knew him before time saw that, behold, he prophesied among the prophets. Then the people said one to another, What is this that is coming to the son of Kish? Is Saul also among the prophets? Once you are under the influence of the Spirit of the Lord, and you allow it to change your actions... People take notice. People began to look at him and say, man, what's it? What's this? What has happened to this man? He didn't used to be like this. He didn't change. So that's the effects of God's spirit. But that's only if you want it. That's only if you allow God to use you the way he wants to. That's what he's desiring from all of us. But the only way will ever let him use us that way is to trust him. But God just wants us to have that love for one another. And that's really what it all comes down to. That's why he gave us his spirit. God is love. He gave us the spirit of love. That's what it comes down to. Charity. It's nothing but love. So I kind of want to dive into the love aspect um, because that's what Saul would be lacking. God gave him his spirit and he was changed. But he took a step back. Later in his life, he still found himself trying to kill uh, God's preacher, David. So let's actually go to, um, I want to go over to the book of Luke. The fourth chapter. Because we're talking about the spirit of the Lord. And we'll see what it did with Jesus. Luke the fourth chapter. And I think I want verse 18. Alright Luke chapter 4 and verse 18. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to the to, to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to, mm -hmm. to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord. This is what it calls Jesus to do. So when we see what Jesus did, he said the Spirit of the Lord anointed him to preach to the poor, to preach the gospel to the poor, so that they would 
put down poverty and they would become rich. He became poor so that he could show us how to be rich. That's what Jesus came here for, to heal the, the broken heart. That takes love because it takes us to be patient with someone. It takes us to be kind, to be merciful, to be so many things to people when they're broken hearted. It takes love to deliver people. That's what Jesus came here to do. So these things he's expecting us to be doing for each other, to help one another, to love, to help free one another. But it's going to take us to do that collectively. Let's actually, I won't stay here long, go over to uh, 1 Corinthians because Paul talked about love. Uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and we'll start at verse 1. Paul, Paul talked about love here uh, because that's what God's spirit is coming to bring us. But we can have his spirit and still not have love. We can still not allow his spirit to use us. All right. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And that's what we become so often because we have not love. We just become <laughs> sound makers because we don't have love for one another. We become people that do a lot of talking, make a lot of noise and say, I love God. I'm saved. I'm sanctified. But yet we have not love. I know uh, I talked about this on a live stream. I can't remember if it was last week or the week before, but we were talking about a guy making a mistake driving to the wrong place. And it hurt my heart to see how much this man was hurt by being humiliated because we don't have love. But we claim that we do. But it's a lack of charity. We're just making noise. When we go to the church, we're just making noise. Because we don't have love for one another. All right? And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. It means nothing without love. All right? And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity... It profited me nothing. So many things we do, even though we do them, that still doesn't mean we have love. Paul says here, though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, it doesn't mean anything if I don't have love. That happens. So many times people give things to someone just to be seen. We give things to someone to post a picture. To record it. <laughs> to it record it. <laughs> yep. We do so many things and it's not driven by love, by the Spirit of God. So Paul said, even though we can do these things, but if we don't have love that's driving us behind it, it doesn't mean anything. Even though I'm willing to give my body I'm willing to sacrifice my body 
for something, even though I don't still have love for uh, one another, it doesn't mean anything. To God, it doesn't mean anything. All right. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. Is not puffed up. Love suffereth long. It's patient. Me and Melvin were talking about this uh, just yesterday. Being patient. Because I know years ago when I found out people didn't know a certain thing, man, in my mind, I'm like, how, how, how do they not know this? How, how could they just not know this? It's something that you feel was so <laughs> obvious and that so common sense that you just think everybody should know how to do this. Everybody. <laughs> but it was because I was not operating in love. I had no patience with them. Somebody asked me the same question over and over. I said, man, you just asked me. I just told you that. How many times you going to ask me the same question? That's not love. I was not operating under the spirit of the Lord. And so Paul's saying, I didn't have anything. It didn't matter if I was baptized. It didn't matter if I had the Holy Ghost. It didn't matter if I called myself saved. I didn't have anything because I didn't have love for people because somebody else may have been struggling to understand something and I may have understood it, but I had no patience to help them. I figured once I told them once, they should understand it forever. But God made us all different. So he said, charity is kind. It envy is not. It is not puffed up. It's not proud. Love doesn't elevate yourself to put someone down. All right. Doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. Now, <laughs> love is about seeking things for someone else. That's the difference between love now, people will tell you, you need to go out and take care of yourself first, though. But that's not what we find in the Bible. He talks about not seeking your own, about esteeming others before you, higher than you. Putting somebody before you, that's love. We're talking about the real spirit of God. Because if we have all these things, it doesn't profit us at all if we don't have love. What profits us to gain the whole world and lose our soul because we didn't have love? So that's all God wants us to have for one another is love. And we know we don't have it. We know we don't have it. We can pretend, but we know we don't have the love that God's asking us to have. So we have to start by receiving his spirit. Somebody out there has not received his spirit, but we have to work on receiving it. We have to cry out to God because this is the best thing that will ever happen to you. This is happiness. This is joy. This is life. He wanted to give you, Jesus promised you life more abundantly. And that's what his spirit will bring you. It will heal your broken heart. So, 
Um, he said, does not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. We won't think evil about each other if we operate in the spirit of God. If we operate in love, we won't think evil. All right. Rejoice, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in truth. <laughs> we definitely, <laughs> we definitely ignore this verse we rejoice in sin we applaud sin but if we had love if we had the true spirit of god if we operate in if we are led by god's spirit we wouldn't rejoice when we see sin we we encourage people to do wrong beareth all things Believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. And we definitely don't believe all the things we find in the Bible, but let's go ahead. Charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. Love never fails. It never fails. Love calls Jesus to do so many things for us. Love calls God to do so many things for us. He gave his only begotten son because of love. So if we were to have that same love for one another, this would be a better place. This world would be a much better place. We wouldn't have near as many of the worries that we have right now if we would just treat each other a little bit better. If we were just to look out for each other, I know it's not going to happen. I know most of us are never going to do it because God already said that's true. But I know someone out there will. A few will. And so this message is to those people who will choose to do what God says do, even though not everybody else is going to do it. Even though people are going to know the former you, and they're going to be looking and say, man, what, what's happened to them? <laughs> Just like they did with Saul. They said, what, what has happened to them? They with the church folks now? <laughs> but God has a plan for you. If you would operate in his spirit. I want to look at also what Peter had to say about uh, one of the things Peter had to say about love. First uh, Peter chapter 4. And we'll look at verse actually go up go up to verse four. Go to verse three. For the time past of our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lasciviousness. I'm sorry, go ahead and go up to verse one. We might as well start at verse one here. <laughs> We're talking about being changed into another man by the Spirit of God, alright? For as much when as Christ hath suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For he that hath suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin. Hath ceased from sin. He's talking about being changed. We stopped behaving the same way we used to. A way that was displeasing God. So he's talking about being changed, alright? That he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lusts of men, but to the will of God. Mm-hmm. 
For the time past of our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lasciviousness, lust, excessive wine, revelings, banquetings, and abominable idolatries. Now he's talking about the old us. He's talking about before God created in us a new heart and renewed in us a right spirit. He's talking about before the spirit of the Lord came upon us and we were changed into someone that we were not before. So now in verse four, he's going to tell us how people are feeling about us now that we've made the change. All right. Wherein they think it strange that ye run not with them to the same excessive <laughs> right, speaking evil of you. People think it's strange now. <laughs> People say you're weird. <laughs> because you no longer do the same things that you used to, the same things that they're still doing. People say there's something wrong with you. They say what didn't happen to them? They think they're better than somebody all of a sudden. Because they're not doing the same things, all right? Who shall give account to him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead? But they'll have to answer, all right? For, for for this cause was the gospel preached also to them that are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the spirit. Mm -hmm. But the end of all things is at hand. Be therefore sober and watch unto prayer. The end is near for us all. Whether the rapture takes place or whether we just die. The end is near for us all. Happens in the blink of an eye. He said, be sober. Be of a sound mind. Continue to watch and pray. Continue in love. All right? And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves. Have love among yourself. We got love. We have to operate in the spirit of God because God is love. We have to have love. For one another. He said, have fervent love. All right. For charity shall cover the multitude of sins. Now, is that not amazing? Love will cover a multitude of sins. Love will cover sins. If we had love for somebody, we could get over the small things that people do to us. And the big things too. The things that we look at as very small, we can get over if people lie on us, if people stole from us, if people kill someone that we know, if we had love, the love that God has, we would be able to get over that. We would be able to say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. If we had the spirit of the Lord. But that's the love that God is calling for us to have. Real love. Godly love, not the love of the world. Love not in word and tongue, but love in deed and in truth. Love in, by your actions. That's the real love that he's calling for us to have. Be patient with each other. Be forgiving. Be just as God has been to us. So, he says... For charity shall cover the multitude of sins. And that's what it's done for us with God. We've done so much wrong. I know I have. So much wrong. And yet God found it in his heart to forgive me. And so now 
Peter tells us we have to do the same thing for one another. If we have that same love, it'll cover. That love will cover up what somebody did to you. They broke your heart. They backstabbed you. They left you out there by yourself. If we had love, we would learn to get over these things. It may take some time, but if we operate in the spirit of the Lord, we'll find a way possible to love those, to love our enemies. To do good to everyone that persecutes us, comes against us, if we have the love of God. But today, we don't operate in love. Our first instinct is to get someone back, to kill someone. I was talking to someone earlier, uh, one of my friends earlier, and they were telling me, I didn't know this um, was even a thing, but they were telling me how if someone um, comes and in, breaks into your home, you can kill them, but if you shoot them and and uh, excessive amount of times, you can actually get in trouble for it. If you kill the person for coming into your home, that's all right, according to the law. You won't be taken to jail for it. But if you shoot them an, an excessive amount of times, then you can get in trouble. So they were telling me about someone who shot someone 14 times with a shotgun and they got in trouble for it only because of the amount of times that they shot him. Now, when I look at that, because I look at things from a godly standpoint, because God has called me, he has anointed me to preach the gospel. That's what he's anointed me to do. So when I look at this situation from God's standpoint, he doesn't want me to kill. So it does not matter to God if you shoot someone 14 times or one and kill them, it does not matter to God. We still, at the end of the day, kill. And that's not love. That's not love. So we have to allow the spirit of God to change our mind, to change us into someone who we were not before. Because the world says that, the nations just like uh, the children of Israel were looking at the other nations when they asked for a king. Now we're looking at the world and, and telling them we want to behave just like them. We want, But we can't do that being God's people. We have to operate by God's rules, not the world's rules. And so that's one of the things that becomes lost as a Christian. We follow the rules of society and never once think about what rules of society break the rules of God. So we have to be careful about that because at the end of the day, God wants us to love one another. And that means not doing harm to one another because God is a just judge and he will repay every person according to their works. So uh, let's go ahead and read verse 9, Melvin. Use hospitality one to another without grudging. Without grudging. And I know I've struggled with that before. 
grudges because we think about the past things that people did to us. They may not even be doing it anymore. They may have tried to, <laughs> they may have apologized and moved on and said, and said they were sorry and even tried to make up for what they did. But somehow, we still find a grudge there. We always start to think about what they did to us in the past. And we find ourselves treating them differently because of what they did in the past. But God said, remove those grudges. So he's asking for a lot. But he's asking for the same thing that he gave us. And he gave us a lot to whom uh, much is giving, much is required. And he gave us his spirit. And his spirit is a lot. Because that is his power. I heard one preacher call his spirit a torpedo. <laughs> his atomic weapon. His spirit is power. Because by his spirit, he did everything. By his word, he created everything. And he can destroy it too. His word is powerful. And so we have the power of God inside of us. And so you mean to tell me we can't get over a grudge? When we have God's power, we can look around at the world around us and we can see just how powerful God is. And so when we think about it, if we have that power inside of us, how can we not get over a grudge? How can we not forgive someone that's mistreated us? If we have the same power from the same God that created the heavens and the earth, that created the sea. Somebody today was talking to me about uh, Megalodon, <laughs> uh, supposedly the biggest shark in the world. Uh, we, have, we have something more powerful in us than the shark. We have God's spirit. So God is requiring so much from us. He's requiring a lot from us. And so if we were to receive his spirit, we can give him what it is. But just like the disciples said, they said, Lord, increase our faith. We have to have his spirit so that we can ever operate in love. Because if you don't have his spirit, I know these things are going to be hard to you. Even with his spirit, I know these things are going to sound foreign. And you're immediately going to want to reject these things. But this is God's will. So I'm praying that we would have love for one another. I won't talk. <laughs> I won't talk any longer. Um, I, I didn't have a whole lot to say tonight. Um, so I'll just leave it there and I'll turn it back over to Melvin. <laughs> All right. It was a good message as always, but definitely, definitely true. We today, just like people throughout all time, nothing is new under, under the sun. A lot of instances in the Bible, are, well, but all of them basically are still happening today. Where we, because we all start out, we were born into sin. So we all start out doing worldly things because that's where, where we are. But at some point in time, when we make the decision to actually live the way that God wants to do and get his spirit, there's going to be a big change and people are going to take notice. 
And people are definitely not going to be on your side when they see the things that you do and the things that you've given up. Because even a lot of things that I used to do, I couldn't keep doing those things and say that I have the, the love of God dwelling inside of me. And we have definitely turned the, the action love into just a word. Like Tony said earlier, let us love not in word and in tongue, but in deed and in truth. If you love somebody, do something for them. Help them out in their times of trials. Like in the book of James where he said, if you see somebody naked and you just say, I'm going to pray for you. You go on your way. What good? What does that profit? You do something for them. You know you have an abundance of clothes. Who cares if it's their size or not? They'll just be happy to get some clothes. Do something for them. And even when you do something for them, do it in secret. Jesus talked about that too. For the people who do good deeds just to get the praise of men, they have their reward already right there. But those that do it in secret, we get our reward from God. And I can guarantee the world, the reward from God will be a lot greater than that for praise from men. And I see it more and more every day. The love that we say that we have, we don't. I know everybody has heard Especially me, I, I hear it a lot. I, I will never forgive that person. Not after what they did, there is no way in the world. And a story that we recently talked about, what made big news, was about the cop that went to the young man's house and ended up killing him. And the young man's brother actually forgave the woman. And a lot of people got mad and say, how is he going to do that? I'll never forget. Now see, the woman, and she seemed remorseful. In her apology. Now see she can go on. And repent. And get the forgiveness of God. While we say that we'll never forgive her. I mean God will never forgive us. And we'll go to the very place. That we want that woman to go. Mm -hmm. Because we don't have love. We are so quick. To want to get revenge on people who've done us wrong. We already know the scripture, the Lord say vengeance is his. What are we trying to get people back for? Because if we get people back, then God is going to get them and us. Scripture says, love, use hospitality one to another without grudging. A lot of us definitely hold on for grudges for way too long. I remember um, Tony and I went to Starkville one time and we talked to somebody there. And this person was mad at somebody who stole something from them about 20 or 30 years ago. And they said, ooh, if I still had the chance, I'd get them. I just can't forgive them after that because we don't have love. Now, I believe that person is doing a lot better now. But we all have to start from somewhere in our journey to get closer to God. We all have to start somewhere. But we definitely have to have the love of God. First John 4, 7 and 8, God is love. God is love. So we definitely have to have that. And I guess I'll leave it there. I won't um, prolong the live stream. And I see we don't have any questions. Well, do you mind checking? Because yeah, check. for whatever reason, I haven't been seeing the chat. So I don't know if anybody has commented or not. But if not, then I'll leave it there. Oh, yeah, I remember what I um, had planned on saying. 
I remember seeing on Facebook one of my friends that I used to work with at the at the county, I mean at the <laughs> campus library. Uh, they posted a story online um, about how a man tried to run them off the road and actually got enjoyment out of it. And they were in some big, probably an F-250 or something like that. And my friend was in like a small Honda or something. I don't remember the actual make and model of the car, but it was definitely smaller than that truck. And the man started to swerve over in her lane like he was playing and then swerved back and he was laughing. And then he did it again. And actually, he actually did run her off the road. And she remembered that um, she looked into his truck as he was going down the highway and he and he did that you know <laughs> when we have a hard laugh and we sit back and slap our knee that will that was what he was doing he actually got enjoyment out of running her off the road because we have no love many of us today claim that we have the love of god and stand for everything that he stands for but we're still doing everything that he said he he doesn't want us to do and a lot of us think that what he's telling us to do and what he's telling us to give up is going to be in vain. But he's never going to tell you to do something that's not going to benefit you in the long run. You will never understand what he's not, not, not you'll never understand, but you won't understand at the beginning what he's telling you to do. But if you just hold on, it'll all become clear. It's a lot of things that I didn't want to give up. And I, now I'm starting to see why. It's all starting to make sense, and that can happen for each and every one of you on your journey to getting closer to God, gaining a closer relationship to Him. We definitely have to have love, and we definitely have to have His Spirit, because without it, we are all doomed. But um, I'm really going to leave it right there. Um, thank you guys for tuning in, and if you're going to listen to our podcast after we upload it, and thank you for listening, and we hope you get something out of it. We, we definitely hope you do. And we'll be back next Thursday with another message and another topic straight from the Word of God. So, hope you guys have a safe and a warm weekend. And we'll see you guys next Thursday at the same time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our weekly Bible study podcast. My name is Melvin Corners, here along with Minister Tony Banks, who brings the Word every week. You can catch these Bible studies live on Facebook every Thursday evening at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. You should tune in and ask questions or just tell us how you're doing. We'll see you guys next Thursday evening with another topic. Rejoice in the Lord always.